Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's May the 18th of 2022. Glad you guys are here with us on National Devil's Food Cake Day. Hmm. It's also National Visit Your Relatives Day and National No Dirty Dishes Day, which means, hey, don't dirty your dishes. Grab some takeout today. Gosh. I think I've been doing that for a minute. Yeah, you know, we kind of go through phases of that. Uh, I did have a great breakfast this morning. I started off with a cookie brownie. Yum. With my coffee, so (laughs) I feel like I'm going to be in great shape as we go throughout the day today. Coming up on the show, Arkansas gas prices. Uh, Yeah, I mean, goodness. Dumb. You walked to work today, didn't you? I mean, it's so ridiculous. Uh, We'll talk about that. Plus, there's an Arkansas barbecue company who's made it to Walmart. Which, that's a big deal. Like, if you land your brand in Walmart, that's big. We'll talk about that. Uh, Cody Johnson has announced mm-hmm. uh, more tour dates. And guess what? That includes an Arkansas tour date. Info on that. New inductees into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Plus, we do the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. All of that coming up right here this morning on Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, get up and let's get moving, Arkansas. Here we are, and you're here with us, so we appreciate that. You ever have that vision, that uh, that time to kind of go back and reflect on when you were young and you thought, I can't wait to be an adult? Oh, gosh. I, I think I said it every day, especially when I was probably junior high. Yeah, because we think it's going to be so much easier when we become adults. Oh, yeah. We can drive. We can go to work. We can take on so much responsibility. Did you ever have that moment as an adult where you thought, I wonder what it's going to be like to be an adult? Like, when am I going to feel like I'm grown up? Is it bad if I say I still think that? Sometimes I think like that, too. So (laughs) I was reading this deal that was talking about how a lot of Americans, uh, you know, feel like they turn, they become an adult at the age of 18. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we realize, oh, maybe we're not that grown up yet. No. If I reflect back on 18-year-old Brandon... Like, I might have been 18. I might have been technically an adult. But I was the furthest thing from an adult. Me as well. They were talking about things that make us feel better. Like, when we get to, when we get to certain things, milestones in our life, where we say, you know what? I'm an adult now. I'm a grown-up now. And, like, the number one thing is buying a house. We feel like we are grown up when we buy a house. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, your first big purchase, whether it's it's a car or a house, something like that. Yeah. So, I did my first house. I was... 30 when I bought my first house. Now, because I've kind of done rentals mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature, apartments and houses. But like at the age of 30, I'm like, I'm buying a house. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think I was 26 on my first house and um, I still knew nothing at 26. Yeah, same. So buying a house is one of those things where we feel like we become adults. Getting married, and it depends on what age you get married. Yeah. But I think there's going to be probably people questioning that one. Uh-huh. When you have your own bank account, that makes you feel grown up. No. Of course, kids. When you do your own grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. And now none of us even want to walk into the store. We want somebody else to shop <laughs> and just bring it to us. Uh, doing your taxes. Ugh. Being off the family cell phone plan. <laughs> when you go and vote. Buying real furniture, not just hand-me-downs. Or when your mom or dad kicks you off the insurance and you have to get your own insurance. Oh, gosh. All these things that make mm-hmm. us go, oh, my goodness, I'm an adult. And sometimes we have all of these things. We have a house and we're, we have kids and bank accounts and all the different stuff, and we still don't feel grown up. And sometimes, much like Kelly referred to, 
I still feel like that. Me too. Like, when am I going to figure it out? Right. You know? What if you ever feel like you figured it out? Or if it's like you're 75 and then you realize, oh, I think I got it figured out now. I think that's how it works. But I'm 75. Right. So, anyway, uh, a lot of us feel like becoming, uh, turning 18 makes us an adult and then we realize, eh, maybe that's not really the case. Brandon Baxter in the morning. We've talked for months and months and months about inflation, prices rising, and we've kind of watched gas change and all that. Uh, and last night was the breaking point for me. <laughs> because I was going to pick up dinner and I realized I had, I think it was 11 miles to empty. And I knew I had to drive to get dinner. I'm like, oh, I have to get gas. I just got fired up about it. And I pulled up to the gas station and gas was about, I guess, maybe 10 to 15 cents higher than it was the last time I filled up. And like, why does it keep going up? Uh, that's something I think a lot of people wish they could answer. Like, at what point do we say, okay, we've reached the threshold. We've reached the max. Because last night I was paying over $4 a gallon for the cheap gas. And again, we reflect back because we saw this in data back in May of 2020, early days of the pandemic. Gas was less than two bucks. It's because they, whoever they are, knew we weren't going anywhere. We were quarantined. I saw some poor sucker who was there before me who got uh, 20 bucks or 20 gallons worth of gas. Like, it doesn't even fill up the tank more than likely, and it was 80 bucks. Yeah, do you go to work and pay for gas or starve? Yeah, maybe you quit your job. Gosh. It costs too much to drive to work. Did you only have certain places you could go to eat last night because you had only so much gas in your tank? Uh, no, I was thinking... <laughs> I thought about trying to risk it and try to make it home with the 11 and get back with like seven. Ooh. But then that, that was a little close for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. It was a little too close for me, dog. So I decided not to do that. A little too close for you, dog. Yes. Okay. So We're saying dog now. I was kind of, I was kind of fried out about it because I'm like, this is really ridiculous. I've told everybody I've stuck with 13 bucks in gas. That's what I've been putting in for the last number of years. Even when, like, you know, the pandemic was going and gas was less than two bucks, I was doing 13 bucks. And 13 bucks would carry me for a bit. So now 13 bucks wasn't even going to be four gallons. I'm pretty sure that gas is taunting you because you've been taunting gas saying, oh, 13 for several years. And now they're, mm. it's like, oh, no, no, no. Joke's on you, idiot. Exactly. That's how I felt, too. I think uh, Kai's go-kart has more gas than my truck. <laughs> if I see you going through a drive-thru in the go-kart, oh. you could. That's a great idea. It's not street legal, though. Does that matter? Well, just if you could go through the woods a little bit and then get to the parking lot, okay. maybe maybe that would work. So I could get to the gym and I could get uh-huh. to Wendy's in yes. that in that fashion yeah, through you, the woods. Now you might have to stand up when you get to the window because the go kart is smaller, right? Yeah, you know, but the size of the go kart isn't all that important. So it is what hmm. it is. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. It is time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show high five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out to Keith Tucker Jr. and Keith Tucker Sr. They're an Arkansas business, right? The business is called the Truth Sauce. It's barbecue sauce. Father and son have come up with the idea. And the son's kind of the driving force. He's an entrepreneur, and he wanted to get his barbecue sauce out there. 
They made it into a couple of uh, Walmart stores in central Arkansas. Wow. And they've just announced a deal with uh, Performance Food Service. And now the Truth Sauce, based in Arkansas, is going to be available in more than 4,000 locations. Good for them. It's like legit a dream come true yeah. for business. Uh, the uh, Keith Tucker Jr. says the journey is exciting for him. And he wants to be able to reach out and touch the youth of Arkansas and tell them that no, no dream is too big. Mm. If you dream it and you work for it, it can happen. It's a cool story. Again, it's called The Truth Sauce, soon to be available in many locations, over 4,000 locations around the country. Here's to you, Keith Tucker Jr. and Keith Tucker Sr. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It's May the 18th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well... She's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. We have Country Music News today on Keith Urban. And the sun So Keith Urban made his 20th appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres Show. Which is pretty remarkable, right? That's a big time uh, lineage of appearances for Keith. Uh, he was excited to be there with Ellen. Ellen had one request, and that request was, "Hey, man, can you sing a song while you're here?" And Keith Urban did just that. You happened to the fire, had a little fun, had not a smile in a little while. Ain't that right, Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> So Keith went on to gift Ellen his guitar. It's a 1960 Gibson Les Paul Jr. guitar. He says he's had that guitar for a long time, and it's been on a bunch of his albums. And he said for 20 appearances and all the different years of support, he wanted to give that to her. And he wrote something really sweet on the guitar. And Ellen read the inscription, and this is what Keith wrote to Ellen. Let me read that. Dearest darling, Ellen, you've been a believer in me and my music since 2004 when I first came on your show. Today is the 20th time you've invited me to be here. I'm deeply grateful for all the years and laughs, conversations, weird cologne commercials <laughs> and your passionate support thank you from the bottom of my heart i wish you the love and light on your journey ahead your friend always keith urban wow isn't that sweet Aww. so a cool thing uh the videos are up on youtube if you want to see the appearance of keith urban on ellen we have country music news today on cody johnson if you got a chance take it so Cody Johnson, he's on fire. His song, Till You Can't, has been number one for multiple weeks. He kicks off his tour tomorrow night in New Mexico. And the good thing for us, he's added several shows to his tour, which happens to be awesome for Arkansas. Now, we already know he's playing in Rogers, Arkansas, June 25th. But another Arkansas date has been added. Cody Johnson is coming to Simmons Bake Arena in North Little Rock, December 2nd. And he's bringing a special guest with him, Randy Hauser. Climb up on in here, girl. Let me show you how country feels. Put your hair down. It's the Cody Johnson and Friends Tour, June 25th, Rogers, Arkansas. And now, December 2nd, you can get tickets at Jody. Uh, Jody. <laughs> CodyJohnsonMusic.com. And country music news today on the Country Music Hall of Fame. There's a number of new inductees going in in 2022. A big congratulations goes out to Jerry Lee Lewis. So Jerry Lee Lewis, the killer. 
He's going into the Country Music Hall of Fame in the Veterans Era Artist uh, category. So he's a guy from the Mid-South, you know. Also going into the Country Music Hall of Fame this year is uh, one of my favorite legends of country. Uh, Keith Whitley is being inducted this year. Don't close your eyes. Let it be me. Don't pretend it's him. So Keith Whitley goes in in the category of modern era artist. I'm no stranger to the rain. Lori Morgan was there, his uh, ex-wife, to talk about uh, how excited the family is for Keith to be inducted. The smile on your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you never leave me. A touch of your hand says you can't Jerry Lee Lewis and Keith Whitley being inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Those inductions will happen later on this year. And that's your Country Music News on Arkansas's morning show, Brandon Baxter in the morning. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. Here's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Brandon Baxter in the morning. Did you know if there was a hole going all the way through the earth and you fell in? It would take about 38 minutes for you to get to the other side. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine falling for 38 minutes? Sometimes when I'm dreaming, I feel like I'm doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know the lower bar on women's bikes is antiquated? It was originally designed that way because of the heavy dresses women wore in the late 1800s. Yeah, I never understood that as a boy. Because, man, if you fall off your bike as a boy with the high bar. I know. You know, especially if you had to tiptoe on that sucker. Mm. That ain't good. Yeah. And did you know treadmills were invented in the early 1800s as a way of punishing prisoners in England. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. You know, so there's some really big artists out there that have never had a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. And I was going through the data, right? And I'm going, oh gosh, this song is huge. This artist is huge. I just assumed... Everything some of these people put out went to number one. Okay, yeah. Especially if they're songs, because most of the ones we're going to give you are like instantly recognizable. And they're instantly recognizable for multiple different generations. It's not like just today or, or 20 years ago. It's like people from for a long time are going to know these songs. Can I give you some of the artists that never hit number one? Okay. Again, these are artists who never scored a number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, how about the act known as One Direction? Maybe you light up my Never a number one. Wow. On the Hot 100. Uh, Missy Elliott never hit number one. Her song, Work It, the highest it got was number two. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Metallica never hit number one with this. What? The song peaked at number 16. It's just the and everybody knows it, right? Yes. I think they do. In your closet, in your Never a number one. Pearl Jam never had a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. The closest they got was this. It got to number two. 
This kind of stuff blow your mind? Yes. Demi Lovato has never had a top five song. The closest she got was number six. With this one. So Bruce Springsteen, he's known as one of the greatest rock acts, especially live acts of all time. He never went to number one on the Hot 100. The closest he got was number two with this. Wouldn't you assume these are all number ones? Yes. How about Nirvana? They never made it to number one. Smells like teen spirit. It peaked out at number six. The Imagine Dragons. Radioactive was their highest charting hit, and it stopped at number three. Kelly in Vogue never hit number one. No, you're never gonna get it. But everybody knows it, right? The Backstreet Boys never hit number one. The closest they got was number two with this. Quit playing games with my And for country, to me, the biggest surprise was Shania Twain. She never hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. The closest she got was number two. No number one for Shania Twain either. She stopped at number two. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So I love that this lady is doubling down and refusing to admit she is wrong here because this is obviously something you don't do. Almost exactly one year ago, a 27-year-old woman named Lucy was in the news after she climbed into a spider monkey enclosure at the El Paso Zoo and started feeding them Cheetos. Huh. She hopped a fence, waded across a three-foot moat, hand-fed Cheetos to two different monkeys, and someone got it on video. She got arrested for criminal trespass, but still claims she did nothing wrong and refuses to apologize. Her defense seems to say that the zoo didn't have a sign that specifically said you can't jump in and interact with the monkeys. (laughs) She claims that they were super excited and really happy to see her, but zoo officials say that they were actually freaked out and upset in the video, and obviously the special diet they're on doesn't include junk food. Lucy was working as a legal assistant at a law firm when all of this happened, and they fired her for it. She says she's still upset. Some news outlets called them flaming Hot Cheetos when they were actually just regular Cheetos. Oh, sure. Because it made it sound worse. Mm -hmm. She did a new interview with a station in El Paso the other day, and it said the only lesson she's learned from all of this is that sharing Cheetos is wrong, apparently. Wow, that's what she really learned. really learned her lesson. Yeah. Well, speaking of fe- feeding hot Cheetos to monkeys, what do you call an explosive monkey? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. What do you call it? A baboom. <laughs> 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 All right. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. 
Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. For it. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, May the 18th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Mary Gillahan of Paragould, who celebrates Justin Littlejohn of Manila, has a birthday today. Joshua Feather from Harrisburg. We have Heath Thacker of Paragould. Teresa Myers of Swifton is celebrating today. Misty Long of Jonesboro, happy birthday. Matt Eddington of Gosnell is celebrating today. And Haley Carruthers of Lake City celebrates as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all and you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday today to David Nail, who is 43 from Kenneth. Come on, David Nail. So let it rain, let it pour. She don't love me anymore. let it come down on me. Let it come So David Nail celebrates his birthday today. Little known fact, he was our first big country star on the show whenever yeah. we launched. So happy birthday to David Nail, who turns 43 today. And here's another big one. Happy birthday today to Barrett Baber. Oh. It's his birthday today. Of course, he's from Marion, Arkansas, and his wife is from Jonesboro, yeah. Sarah Fisher. And happy birthday to him today. Happy birthday, Barrett. So tonight I song he performed on The Voice that got him through, if you remember, all the chairs turning. Also, what about this one? I love this song right here, Barrett Baber. Does Barrett perform all around Nashville? He's also songwriting in Nashville as well. So happy birthday to our buddy Barrett Baber, who celebrates today. Happy birthday today to Tina Fey, who is 52 from SNL and 30 Rock. Happy birthday to Reggie Jackson, who is 76, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. And happy birthday today to George Strait, who is 70. Oh, my goodness. Sing a song about the heartland, the only place I feel that home. Man, you talk about the king of country music right here. Oceanfront property in Arizona. From my front porch you can see. Happy birthday to George Strait. Up from San Antonio. Everything that I got. Is just what I've got. George Strait, 70 years old today. All my exes live in Texas. Happy birthday to the king of country. And Emmy Lou got caught passing me a note. 
Before the teacher took it, I read what she wrote. Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? And if you do, well, then don't be afraid to take me by the hand. If you want to, I think this is how love goes. Check yes or no. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend. George Strait, who turns 70 today. Happy birthday, George. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the good doctor. He's the one that makes you feel good. He's the one that calls Dr. Feel Dr. Shane's voice. Dr. Shane's That's really one of those random occurrences that just happened and we wouldn't let it stop. So Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning. <laughs> he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He's back with some doc talk so good morning doc how you doing good morning guys uh i'm doing really well hope you guys are doing well i'm, I'm going to admit, admit to you and i would never never want to actually show this but I, I dance a little bit every time you play that intro See? i'll be honest with you <laughs> that's <Brandon>. perfect <laughs> we're gonna have to have somebody in your household uh, grab us that video <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey look, can i ask you something have you lost your mind are you really running when it's like 90 with the humidity around uh 80 percent our guest if they've lost their mind well he's been out there on these these dock runs and i'm like he's, he's got students running with him i'm like he's lost his mind well now the lost your mind thing that remains to be seen and speaking of, of who might know that that's a good question for my wife she could probably tell you there there are several times that she said yeah i think he lost it today yeah yep. um so in terms of the run though and i'm glad you brought that up so those are morning runs um and and i always joke with the students and i say it's not really run with the dean it's really slow down and let the dean keep up with you because they're right. so much faster than me and sure. so much better shape but uh it's about a 6 a.m run before oh. it gets too hot and too humid so that's just me sweating when you see those those tweets or those posts because uh it's hard for me to keep up with them but um i i, I do yeah we do run outside now you're right though you don't want it to be too hot and certainly guy here in arkansas it can get hot quick and you can get uh, you can get heat exhaustion, heat stroke. You can get a heat-related illness, and no, we don't want that. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, uh, in the next couple of weeks or so. But um, got to keep that heart rate moving so that you can stay in shape. Well, and is that the main thing for you? Is it is it a matter of a mental challenge? Is it about you know heart health? Why do you get out there and run with the students? Oh no, no, and that's a, let me be very clear. I hate to exercise. <laughs> like I absolutely, I hate running. Right. I hate getting up in the morning. I'd much rather just sleep. I'd much, I'd much rather hang around and drink coffee with my wife. I mm. hate going to the gym, but I do it because I know that it. You know, to be honest with you, it helps with longevity, decreases my risk of heart attack, stroke, my risk of type two diabetes. It's just something I just feel like I got to do. And so when I talk to my patients, I say, "Look, I hate it too, mm. but I just make it part of my schedule, just like." You know, having breakfast or going to work, I just make sure that it's part of the schedule and part of the routine. How many days a week are you active? I try to do five days, and that's what – and so statistically, when you look at the data, uh, you want to be active about five to seven days a week. And you say, gosh, are you serious? Now, I'm not active on the weekends. Like, I'm 
Um, I'm, I'm a slug on the weekends. But generally speaking, like Monday through Friday, absolutely. And your activity, it's different for everybody. It may just be that you're walking around the neighborhood. And I highly encourage that mm-hmm. because really all of the data that's coming out now, it's not that you've got to go run a 5K every day or not that you've got to go be hitting the gym hard every day, just some activity, just some activity. I know uh, we talked before about, um, uh, you know, I, I had that military obligation. I was over at the Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and I typically don't eat lunch, but you ate three squares a day, you know, mm-hmm. as in the military, you go and you do as, as they tell you. I lost 10 pounds during that period and it wasn't, it wasn't, and I was eating more, but yeah. it was because of my physical activity. You know, you walked everywhere you went, that there was no vehicles. I mean, we didn't, you had to march here, you had to march there. And it wasn't like we were doing that all day. We had a lot of classroom, but even in just that little extra activity. And so that's my point is for people that, that are trying to you know lose weight or want to stay healthy, just a little bit of extra activity, just walking around your neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, you know, twice a day or, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe then extending it, um, you know, as you get to where you can do it more and more. Because we don't want you to hurt yourself. Sure. No, and I enjoy because I, I used to try to run and I'd be like, I'm going to try to do a 5K or whatever. Um, but that's kind of hard on my knees. You know, I'd spent years, oh, yeah. you know, doing wrestling and falling on my knees and stuff like that. So I get out and I put my headphones on and listen to music or a podcast. And man, my walk can sometimes be one of the more enjoyable parts of my day. A hundred percent. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So in terms of the walk itself, what happens when you start to move and you start to exercise? There's a whole host of things that happen in terms of blood flow and moving blood to the brain and, um, and, and increasing blood to the heart and the kidneys and all these vital organs. But it also starts to release hormones. And these hormones actually start to act as antidepressants mm. and as anti-anxiety. So instead of people having to take a pill, there are natural ways for you to actually get that same hormone effect through exercise. And so that's, that's always right. something when I have somebody who's talking about, you know, anxiety or, you know, I think I may need something about depression, doc. Part of the conversation is always diet and exercise. And it's not just a, hey, I'm just the doc telling you need to exercise and diet. It's because there's real science behind mm-hmm. it in terms of lowering anxiety levels and just what you mentioned, feeling better about yourself. No, and I feel that every single day, even though some days, you know, I'm tired and I don't feel like going to work out the result afterward. I mean, that's, that's probably the best I feel all day. So Definitely encourage that. Can I ask you something? Because I have uh, the Apple Watch on, right? And I went over uh, and hit the health thing, and I'm looking at my heart rate. And uh, what's a good resting heart rate? Really great that you brought that up. So very new data that just came out probably in the last week or two about resting heart rate and that it's predictive of your physical fitness. So in terms of you think, hey, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh Well, a good way to check that is to look at your resting heart rate. So as you're sitting there, And for your listeners right now, sitting in the car, sitting at your desk, sitting at work or at home, if you'll check your pulse, if your pulse is about, and this is different for everybody because, you know, there's some things, some variables in there, but in general, 65, 67 or lower, you're in pretty good health, Mm. just in general. Uh But if it's higher than that, then you may need to increase your physical activity or you may talk about, and what it is, is this study related individuals who had a heart rate, a resting heart rate really about 67 or greater, the higher that resting heart rate, the higher the increased risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and really something we call all-cause mortality, which means death from really any cause at all. So that's much higher the higher your resting heart rate is. So you want your resting heart rate to be hanging out about 65 or 67. How do you do that? 
you have to do that through regular uh, regular exercise and good diet. So uh, rate me minus twenty seven right now. Is that good? You're such a liar. <laughs> 27, yeah. So if you'll hang up and dial 911. Yeah, exactly. But that's a really good point. You don't want it too low. But I mean, yeah. like we had a, I mean, I had a patient last week. Um, seriously, his heart rate was like 48. Now, he's a college kid. Mm-hmm. He's an athlete. Yeah. He, I mean, so he's just sitting there hanging out. Because what that means is you say, well, like, oh, that seems like a really low heart rate. That means that for him to sustain his normal bodily functions just sitting there, his heart only has to beat that many times to supply blood wow. to the brain and everything else. And so that's a you're in really good shape if you're hanging out there. Now, obviously, medicines can throw that off, and there's different other things that can throw it off. That's why you have these conversations with your doctor. But this is an interesting study that really, for the average person, you can say, okay, am I in pretty good health or not? So if mine is sitting at um, 74, but I'm all caffeined up, I've been drinking coffee since about 3.30, uh, can right. coffee change that? Can, they, can that change my resting heart rate? It can. So, and that, so that, that would be like in the drug category. So certainly caffeine could, could affect that. Mm-hmm. You know, your sleep-wake cycle, I know we talk about that a lot with yeah. you, that can throw it off some in terms of your circadian rhythm. Um, you know, things that are going on in your life, if you get an anxious phone call or anxious text message, that can throw it off as well. But in general, your resting heart rate is just you kind of just hanging out there, nothing else really going on. But, I mean, to be honest with you, you could probably do a little more. How much do you exercise a week? Uh, at least uh, normally I do weights probably three or four days out of the week. And I walk, you know, two or three times. I do pretty good. Okay. I, th- I thought so until walking, I saw my might, resting heart rate. You might bump that up and that is pretty good, but you might bump up that walking. Okay. And so, and what you'll, what you should see over time is you should see that resting heart rate number start to come down. And that way you'll know you're on the right track. What's yours, Kelly? Any idea? Um, it's 65. Okay. She's lying right now. Heck yeah, it is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dr. Shane Spites is on with us this morning. Uh, real quick. Cause I know people are fatigued by COVID. Um, and it's not even, you know, oh, yeah. you, you barely see masks out there anymore, blah, blah, blah. But we do every day. There's a news story that says numbers are up a little bit. They, they've come down a little bit. Where are we? Where are we right now? So numbers are up, and, and they're going up. They're, they're much higher in the Northeast. Uh, they're seeing a significant increase. So if anybody's traveling to, you know, if you, New York, Maine, you know, I've got to go up there for, for graduation, so I'm, I'm oh. probably masking when I go up there. Those areas have much more uh, spread. Here in Arkansas in the south, not as much, but we are seeing an increase in cases. Um, new thing that came out just yesterday, the FDA approved booster vaccines for those age 5 to 11. Uh, prior to that, you couldn't get a booster. So that's good for Pfizer, uh, get 5 to 11. We expect that probably in the next month, you know, right now for most people, um, you know, the average age, if you're 50 and older, you can get a second booster. But anyone under 50, unless you've got a, um, a comorbidity, like a, some sort of diagnosis of diabetes or something, you can't get one. Mm-hmm. We expect them to actually open that up for 18 and older sometime this summer okay. in anticipation for the fall. So I have uh, two doses in the booster. So I'm pretty much where I need to be until they allow me to go further, right? That's exactly right. And so probably in the next month, they'll open it up and say, hey, and I've had lots of questions about this, even from those over the age of 50. Hey, should I get this second booster? Is that something that's really worth getting or should I should I wait until COVID gets really bad? Mm-hmm. And I've gone back and forth on this. And basically, there's schools of thoughts on either side. My uh, recommendation is, look, I'd go ahead and get it now because the only reason why it takes about 14 days for that booster to really kick in. You get immunity. 
You don't know whenever you're going to get sick. These are antibodies that are going to hang around for at least probably three to six months. So get you into uh, and through the fall and the winter season. Um, And it's just additional protection in the event that you get sick. And more and more, that's what we're seeing is who gets hospitalized, who has really long COVID effects from it, you know, who's at risk of dying. It's people that don't have like full vaccination and boosters or have not been infected before. And it, it's just, it goes to the memory cells that are created, you know, that your body creates whenever it comes in contact with either the vaccine or the virus. So stuff to think about as we head into the fall and we go throughout the summer. Again, this is Doc Talk with our buddy, the good doctor himself, Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Shane Spites, <laughs> the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine in Arkansas State. And Dr. Spites, we appreciate you, man, and we'll talk to you back here next Wednesday. Oh, thank you, guys. Hope you have a great, great week. All right, you too, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Emily Jenkins, who is here representing FOA Jonesboro, the Foundation of Arts. Emily, how are you this morning? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Hey, you sound kind of chipper. What have you done this morning to make you sound so happy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny you mentioned that. Um, I'm actually 30 weeks pregnant right now, and I swear I have more morning energy than I've ever had in my whole life. So Good for you. <laughs> Perhaps it's the baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I mean, you're going to have a baby right in the middle of summer. That's right. Whose idea was that? (laughs) You didn't really think this one through, did you? (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. Congratulations. Uh, I'm I'm so excited to be here and and thank you for the opportunity for me to tell you a little bit about Foundation of Arts. And we're we're really getting excited about our uh, big featured ballet this weekend, Swan Lake. And I would love to tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, we, we're big believers in FOA and just, uh, you know, number one, the performances that are great for the community, but also for the outreach and the fact that you guys at the FOA, you help young people, you help adults find their voice. Maybe it's something they never really realized was kind of tucked away deep inside of them. And boom, all of a sudden, when you find the arts, a lot of people come alive and we love to share that story with everybody. That's very kind of you to say. I, I could not agree more. The sentiment of the fact that we are a community organization, uh, op- you know, offering opportunities to students and adults and children of, of really all ages. That, that's truly what we strive to do at the Foundation of Arts. And the fact that we get to present this amazing ballet uh, is just, it's incredible, really. I, I actually have a background in classical music. I have several college degrees in it. And we, when we announced that we were going to be doing Swan Lake in the spring, I got like goosebumps because I thought to myself, holy moly, for a community organization and outreach program and educational center to be putting on such a massive ballet of such advanced, you know, uh, uh, advanced skill and, and music skills. It, it's so special for our Jonesboro and Northeast Arkansas community. And it's surely not one to miss. This is just such a tremendous opportunity. And uh, I cannot wait. We, I've been kind of waiting to sneak into rehearsals because I, <laughs> I want to see the production in its full capacity. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be a real, real treat. So how did you all go about casting who was going to be involved in the performance? That's a great question. I, I'm not a part of the casting team or the artistic team for Swan Lake, but I do know that whenever you're trying to cast a ballet, um, of course, it's very skill-based. You have to come in and, and know your stuff as a dancer. And, um, you know, of course, it's part of the, the learning process of, 
of getting a particular role and, and learning particular techniques, but I know that it was a really rigorous audition process and the directors had to make some really tough decisions. In fact, I, I remember that they were faced with more auditioners than they, you know, could cast, which oh, wow. is always a great problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's a, every director's dream to be like, oh my gosh, I have so many options. And um, I think overall they were able to cast as many people as they could and it's such an exciting opportunity. I, I believe that she took, uh, the director is Abigail Mason. She's one of our advanced ballet instructors here at the FOA, and she's just has been doing a wonderful job. To my understanding, she took all students uh, who auditioned with a particular skill set that were over the age of seven. So you're going to oh. see a wide range of ages on the stage as well, which I think is wonderful. You know, it, for Swan Lake, it's such a mature ballet. It's such a mature story. And to see a, a wide range of ages represented on the stage is going to be really special as well. So tell me about the story of Swan Lake. For people who might not know uh, what this is kind of based on, give us kind of a encapsulate that story for me. I would love to. I, I don't want to give the ending away okay. <laughs> for those who have no seen spoilers. The actual, no spoilers. That's right. Um, but generally speaking, it's a love story. Um, we have a prince and we have uh, a princess who fall in love and they, uh, you know, it, it's, there's more revealed about her life uh, as the prince learns more about her. Um, she's, she's actually under a curse, uh, which turns her from human form into swan form portray through the day. And the prince is sort of letting her life unravel before him. And it's a story of beauty and magic and love and uh, tragedy. And there's, there's so many elements of the emotional side of this, too. I think when people, too, let me say, like, think about going to see a ballet, they're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I could sit through two or three hours of just dancing, sure. you know, just music and dancing. I think when we think of stage productions, we think of dialogue and singing and, you know, lots and lots of production on, on the stage. But I'll tell you, Swan Lake is one of those stories where it doesn't need the dialogue. It doesn't need the singing. It, it's just dancing along with the music. And the way that it's choreographed and the way that it's presented is just such a stunning story. And every single time I've seen Swan Lake, I am in that story 100%. So if you've never witnessed a, a ballet or if, if that's maybe you're thinking, oh, that's not really my thing, mm -hmm. I would really give Swan Lake a chance because it's such a compelling story and they do a really, really nice job of making making you really feel in it, if that makes sense. Um, it's it's so fascinating that these dancers can can speak this dialogue and they can speak this story without speaking a word on stage. I just, I'm so amazed by that. And it's a really, really neat experience. We actually learned yesterday um, during our staff meeting that there are particular movements that these ballerinas do that represent certain emotions. So for example, there's one particular movement that they'll do whenever they're talking about love. And then there's another movement that they'll do whenever they're talking about tragedy or there's another one when, you know, they're talking about the magic and the sorcery of the spell that she's under. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Like, cause you're going to be able to see those movements come back as part of the story later on. Mm -hmm. And that's so neat to me. I don't know, you know, like it, it's sort of like a silent movie or, yeah. or American sign language in a way you can kind of recognize these dance patterns and these movements and stuff. So um, I'm not a dancer myself. I, I'm not a ballerina. I'm not trained in that, but I, I can totally respect and understand 
how hard these students have worked and how amazing of a commitment these teachers and this artistic staff has made to us. And we're so grateful and, and really, really honored to be able to share this show with you guys. So Swan Lake kicks off at the forum. It starts on Friday and runs all the way through Monday. Emily, if people want to grab some tickets, uh, how can they get tickets? Absolutely. Um, there's a couple different ways that you can grab tickets. We always have tickets available at the door if you want to show up to one of the performances. What we always recommend is we always recommend getting your tickets ahead of time because mm-hmm. then you can pick your seat uh, and kind of sit in whatever you know balcony or area of the uh, theater that you prefer. The way that you can do that is you can go to our website, which is foajonesboro.org. There, it'll actually give you a seat map so you can choose exactly according to the stage where you want to sit. And then another option is that you can call our box office um, and speak with one of our uh, staff members, and they can kind of walk you through where seats are available. That number is 870-935-2726. Awesome. Hey, you're a pretty good representative of FOA, I would assume. It sounds like oh. you kind of know your stuff. <laughs> well, thank you. I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I have the coolest job ever. I get to help advocate for the arts and advocate for our community. And, you know, most importantly, advocate for our students and yeah. our participants at the Art Center and the Foundation of Arts. It's, it's a really, really cool organization. And I know, you know, of course I work for them, but truly it's, it's the mission of what we do that I really believe in. And it's such a special opportunity. I I think that especially when we get to put on large productions of, of amazing skill, like Swan Lake, Oh my word, it's certainly not one to miss. So we really hope that you guys can come out and join us. Um, It's going to be such a beautiful, beautiful show. So highly recommend for everybody. And again, it's Swan Lake Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at the forum. Find out more at foajonesboro.org. Emily Jenkins joins us this morning, and we appreciate your time this morning. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Dr. Dana Watson. She's a clinical psychologist with Family Zinc Counseling Services. Dr. Dana, it's elementary every time we talk to you. Elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. Okay. Happy Wednesday to you both. Hey, what's up? Hey, do you high five or fist bump or hug or handshake or what do you do right now? I just like to roll around a lot on the floor. All right. Okay, (laughs) let's do it. So she's like a dog whenever (laughs) whenever she sees people, she just hits the floor. No, I had this awkward exchange the other day where I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And you know how you kind of try to be over-exaggerated? And then I go go in for the handshake. Dude goes for the fist bump. I realize we've gone through a pandemic. I'm doing the wrong thing. I try to pull back. And then I'm starting to think, are they psychoanalyzing my judgments in this situation? What do you it think? Couldn't be more awkward, right? I mean, it's, at this point, mm-hmm. it's also weird. I think I'd rather just hug everybody because then yeah. at least I just go in for the embrace. I'll just hug them. Yeah, yeah, because at least that way is warm and awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Let me let me get you even closer. Just leave yeah. it, leave it to Brandon for it to be awkward. No, I don't want things <laughs> to be awkward, but things are just awkward. Dana, my my whole life has been awkward. Then we can talk about it your next session. Okay. Mm-hmm. See that? 
This is what they're really doing. We've been doing this segment for all these years because they're really trying to convince me to get help. No, this is your intervention. Every time she's on with us, it's your intervention. No, I do this use is him. his free session in the middle of all the treatment. This is how he gets one free session yeah. each week. It works. Hey, there's a lot. I'm just going to tell you the truth, though. There's a lot of people who benefit from the discussions that we have because, you know, we're talking about things that really impact people's lives. And if somebody can be in the car, or they're listening to the podcast and they hear something and all of a sudden, man, it, it checks that box and they get help or they find ways to process information. That's really the whole vision behind what we're doing. Man, I hope so. I hope so. Let's talk about this because, you know, we've talked about uh, we always pitch ideas and, and subjects and topics that we could do that we think are kind of, you know, things that have touched a lot of lives. And one of the ones that, that we brought up was uh, substance abuse and addiction and mental health and you know, I think if we're going to be really real, most people don't want to talk about that. Nobody really wants to say I'm addicted or I'm abusing something, but it does happen. So let's walk through kind of as we begin the discussion, what exactly is addiction from the perspective that you see it from? What is addiction? Yeah, well, pretty simply, you know, put addictions are complex brain diseases. And specifically in regards to substance abuse disorders, um, a person who has, you know, a person who has an addiction has a real intense focus on using a certain substance or substances like alcohol or drugs to the point where it begins to take over their lives. And it's a compulsive behavior due to an intense craving <clears throat> that over time changes how their brain functions and it can impair their judgment, mm. their decision making, their memory, even their behavioral control. And over time, they build a tolerance, and they need more of that substance to feel the same effect. But am I right to think that, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, and you talk to people every day, there's an overlap between addiction and mental health. Is that is that kind of how you see it, that, that it kind of, they almost go hand in hand? Yeah, absolutely. So both are types of brain diseases. And comorbidity is the term that we use to refer to the fact that two, that two conditions such as mental illnesses like, like PTSD or depression or anxiety and addiction can often coexist together. So in many people with addictions, there's another underlying mental health issue as well. And while neither condition actually causes the other, they do often exist together. And certainly one of the conditions can exacerbate symptoms of the other. And both are chronic brain diseases that in most cases will require continual, sometimes lifelong managing. And it's the same with other forms of physical illnesses, you know, like diabetes or high blood pressure. I have a buddy who is uh, one of my best friends who went uh, into treatment, I guess it was, you know, about four years ago for... Uh, what, you know, was a was an alcohol addiction. But at the end of the day, you know, once he went through treatment, he realized there was so much it was so much more beyond that. And most of it was stuff that that he talked about how he unda- had to unpack it throughout his treatment. Uh, you know, and he was there for a couple of months, but there was so much uh, more than just the alcohol that was causing that problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, because from imaging studies, we know that the changes that take place in the brain with substance abuse are also impacting some of the same areas that impact the brain by, you know, depression, bipolar uh-huh. disorder, and schizophrenia. So it's it's not unusual that, like you're saying, when you start to unpack one, that you might find other things there, you know, other uh, history of other issues there. Um, so it makes sense that you see some overlap by uh-huh. people who have 
um, substance abuse and al- or alcohol or drug abuse and another mental health disorder. You know, and so there's very high comorbidity between the two. And again, it doesn't mean that one necessarily causes the other, but many people who do abuse abuse substances will often have a either develop another mental illness like depression or psychosis. And many people who have mental illness will self-medicate, you know, with alcohol and drugs as well. Okay. But let's, let me ask you this. So uh, not everybody who drinks or feels depression at times, or maybe even, you know, tries drugs or whatever. uh, Not everyone who does that is actually addicted or becomes mentally ill. Right. I mean, we don't paint everybody with that same brush, right? Yeah, and that's an important that's an important point. You know, many people are able to have a drink or two here and there, even tie one on on occasion, and they don't become addicted to alcohol. Um, they might be able to try a recreational drug a couple of times without becoming addicted. Their brains don't just start to crave that drug. Many people take a course of pain pills or muscle relaxers, and then they stop when it's no longer needed, and then they move, move forward. Right. Um, a lot of people suffer real trauma or depression events, but they don't develop symptoms that would meet the criteria for a chronic clinical disorder. But then there are ones who do, um, you know, try the substance and become addicted or have a traumatic event or depressive event and become chronically ill. So we have to really ask ourselves, like, why are some of us more vulnerable to substances than others? Why are some of us more likely to become clinically depressed or develop PTSD or schizophrenia than others? And the answer, as we're learning and understanding these illnesses, is is that there is no single factor. You know, risk for addiction is influenced by a person's biology, their social environment, their age, their life experiences, the same the same risk factors that are put us at risk for mental illness in a lot of ways. But here's the weird thing about it, though. It seems like, you know, a lot of people are more quick to judge people who have, you know, some type of an addiction or a mental health disorder. You know, sometimes, um, you know, people can be a little bit judgmental. Yeah, there's like so much unnecessary judgment that creates right. these barriers between humans and the treatment they need, right? Like sure. unnecessary right. being the key word. You know, the brain is part of the body, just like your heart or your lungs or your skin. So it's difficult for me to understand how we recognize and accept these physical illnesses like cancer or diabetes or high blood pressure. We don't tell people with those physical ailments to think themselves out of it, to get over it, or <laughs> right. to pray it away. Right. You know, we tell them, we say, create healthy behaviors, take your medicine, we empathize with the potential um, negative effects of the, those diseases that they have. But when it comes to brain diseases um, or substance abuse uh, disorders, sometimes there is still a stigma. And when we discuss chemical imbalances or genetic issues that can cause the brain to act differently, you know, we, we, we do impose judgment many times. And so, of course, brain diseases are as legitimate and real as any other medical illnesses. I'm on my soapbox. Can you tell no, it's yeah, not no. even 8 a.m. No, and I'm already on it. my soapbox right, preaching but, the mental health gospel? <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, I think it's important <laughs> to talk friend. about that. It's important. <laughs> I know. But genetics play the largest part as to why someone becomes addicted to substances or develops a mental illness. And that's followed by um, structural defects in the brain, hormones, chemical imbalances, and trauma. So, again, we are very accepting of genetic abnormalities or conditions when they're physical, which is great. I just think it's also helpful 
for all of us to really understand those same issues can happen within our brain. Well, and the thing is, like, all of us are, are kind of different. Our brains are all wired differently. And, you know, we don't all like the same foods. We don't like the same music. We don't all respond to alcohol or painkillers in the same way. You know, some people can take, let's say, you know, painkillers and other people get sick. Uh, and that's just the deal. We're all wired a little bit differently. Exactly. You know, I have friends whose brains, I've said this before, they light up um, their taste buds so that they desire salt more than sugar. Mm -hmm. I do not understand this because I want cupcakes all day. (laughs) But their their brains and body systems are turned on by salt in a different way than mine. And likewise, my sugar monster brain gets really quiet when I go low carb. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once I go through withdrawals, I'm golden. But when I put another sweet in my mouth, then I cannot get enough. Yeah, I get it. You know, but some people can, you know, likewise, they can take a short course of prescription pain pills and then stop. And then for some, when you introduce that substance just one time, a uh, a switch is flipped in their brain for addiction. And the way their brain is turned on by that medication is going to cause cravings that they are going to have to deal with going forward. And some people are victims of trauma. And they can work through it. And with time, their brains will get back to a healthy and calm state of being. But other people will get stuck in a trauma state and they will develop a more chronic illness that is going to require more targeted treatment in order to be able to resolve. But is there any way that we can maybe, you know, predict who's going to become addicted or who might develop a mental illness? Can we predict stuff like that? Well, it, it's, it is hard to know who is going to develop an addiction or, you know, other mental illnesses in the same ways that we just cannot predict who's going to develop breast cancer or colon cancer. But, you know, we, have, we do have research that gives us some risk factors that are useful um, to help make some educated, uh, you know, guesses and predictions. You know, it certainly doesn't mean that it will happen. One piece of guidance, you know, uh, just like someone who is predisposed to colon cancer or breast cancer might increase, you know, those people might increase their screenings and be vigilant about their overall health. Then we know that people who do have family histories of addiction or mental illness can also be vigilant and proactive by not using drugs and alcohol. They can um, limit their prescription drugs that might contribute to, you know, addiction. And they can certainly proactively seek counseling. They can develop healthy coping skills, you know, and just overall lead as much of a healthy lifestyle as they can uh, proactively, you know, if they know that that is something that they're that their parents or grandparents or someone in their family has struggled with um, before them. So we've talked a lot about the overlap. Let's say there's somebody out there right now who's suffering from a substance abuse issue and uh, and mental health illness at the same time. What should they do? Who should they see when they're kind of going through both of those at the same time? Well, it is so important um, for mental health and medical professionals to accurately diagnose Right. And so it can be easy to overlook, overlook, you know, a substance abuse disorder if you're looking for a mental health issue. And likewise, a professional might overlook a mental health issue if you're looking at someone with a substance abuse disorder. So as professionals, we have to be skilled. We have to be trained to look at the person as a whole because untreated symptoms of a mental health disorder can cause the patient to be unable to remain clean and sober. Mm-hmm. And untreated substance abuse issues can make a mental health treatment regimen ineffective. Right. So integrated treatment of substance abuse and other mental illness 
is far superior than just treating either one alone. And many times mental health professionals will work in collaboration with a medical doctor who specializes um, in one or the other. So I think it's important, um, you know, um, just to make sure that the professionals that you go to, that, you know, you are very open Mm -hmm. with them and give them the information that they need um, in advance, you know, as far as you you understand about your own symptoms and that you are open and honest with them uh, and just give them the information they need so that they can treat you uh, competently and confidently and, and take care of you as a whole person. Yeah, and I think for some people and probably a lot of people, that can be awkward, right? Because we're we're embarrassed and maybe we don't want to tell everybody, you know, all of the faults. We want people to see us as being better than that. So you think it's important to be, you know, super upfront and honest with your with your healthcare providers? Yes, there is so much help, you know, and truly there is so much hope. So if you get a doctor or a mental health professional and you uh you know, you should that is the person that you should be able to trust. Mm-hmm. That is the person that you should be able to be open with. Um, and then on the flip side of that, if you feel as if they are missing something that you, you know, that you need more than that, you know, then I would, you are certainly welcome to um, ask for a referral to someone else within that, within that agency, you know, or, or look outside, you know, you want to be very com- comfortable and confident in your treating professional as well. Um, but, but please, I would just say, um, have a good relationship and a comfortable relationship with your treating professional. That's someone you should trust and, and that you can trust to um, take care of you. There you go. It is Dr. Dana Watson from Families Inc. Counseling Services. If you guys need someone to talk to, if you need somebody that can help you, uh, you know, with the problems that are going on in your life, we all realize that all of us have things, we all have baggage and Families Inc. is there to help. You can find out more about all the locations around Northeast Arkansas at familiesinc.net. And you can also call 870-933-6886. Dr. Dana Watson on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Have a great week, my friend. Bye-bye. Thank you all. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by a man who comes in like a ray of light on a cloudy day, Mr. Rodney Poff. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm talking about... i got sunshine. Uh, he does. He's got sunshine, but not in his pocket. It's all over his shirt. You're you're bright today. You like that? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, That's, It's a color of shirt. I can see me wearing that shirt. Yeah. Can I try it on? It's not a medium. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Why don't y'all switch shirts? Okay, no, he's already made fun of the size of my clothes. I can't help the fact that I fill out my clothes. Rodney, <laughs> it's small. No, it's not. Does this look small? No, it doesn't. Okay. See, he, he did push-ups for you bo- I, before you came <laughs> in. Oh, somebody's here in person. I'm going to do push-ups. Hey, don't let him come in yet. Oh, I've got funny. forty more. Every time we do photos for occasions, <laughs> I have to get my pump on before oh, we take goodness. the picture. Wow. But I'm just being honest. At least I'm real. I guarantee you. know what? Yeah, you are real. I guarantee you the crew on the cover of Occasions Magazine this month, they probably dieted for a couple of weeks. And, you know, because if you know you're going to be on the cover or in the magazine, you got to get ready for it. How would you know? Well, I don't know that for a fact. My putter's putter's on the cover. Your what? My putter. Your your putter? Is it a. Ty Jones is holding my putter. Oh, time. Have you been on the? Co- you haven't been on the cover, have you? No, my putter has. Yeah, this oh, is why I don't man. even know why we even bring you in here anymore. Because yeah. now it's become 
Here's the deal. I could make history around the world. I could be put into the Guinness Book. I could oh, I could find cures for disease, and they still wouldn't put me on the cover because he wants to have that that he can hang over my head. This is right. Hey, I do are, have do that one picture. Do we still have uh, uh-uh. pictures coming up uh-uh. in a couple of months for my cover? Yeah. Oh okay. gosh, what could this be? Is it an award issue? Let's talk about the awards, Kelly. Okay, you, okay. Look at her veil. No. Look at her veil. <laughs> no. Do you see how Because I know what you'll do. Do you see nope. how quick she flipped? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys can post those. Um, anyway, so. It just got really cold in here. Uh-huh. It did, sure did. Yeah. Uh, okay, so over here you brought me a bag of goodies, right? I brought you, Kelly, and Kate. I uh, know. Nope, a not bag of goodies you have to share. All right, let me. Oh, my gosh, this looks amazing. Tell me about is this. That... This is barbecue. We talked about barbecue just the other day. Oh my gosh! Did you prepare this? Is it warm? No, oh. no, no. But can I, I like, smell it? it? I want you to smell it. So slaw. I noticed. Is this slaw in here? It is. What type oh. of? Ooh, this isn't too creamy. No, my I don't do goodness. the. I don't. I do not do the. Is that strong? Your vinegar, but no, it's good. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Vinegar based. Yep. Mm. Oh, and see, we were talking about that's the kind of slaw I like on my I barbecue. Don't, I don't like the sweet. Slaw the, the mayo like yes. no yeah. I, I like cabbage with with uh, mm. the vinegar based. You got this there. figured out, right? Is there yeah. any truth to the fact that you've done barbecue cooking contests all across the mid south? Yes, your team is the pork chop mafia. Is it true that you are the pork best chops. the best grill master of the team? No. Who is Jackie Plunkett? Jackie Plunkett. And he'll tell you that he will. T- <laughs> <laughs> but we have uh, we have disbanded. You have? Yeah. Did you finally dump them? Well, yeah, COVID, when COVID hit, it did away with all the competitions, and and it's just the, the, the drive to come back. It's just, that's a lot to do. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been a part of that before. But Not as good to eat and drink. Yeah. And drink. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's part of what our team would do, too. So <laughs> that's another reason why I didn't mind. Uh, yeah, right. But, so, but, but you'll still do some backyard uh, barbecuing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think hey. next time I'm doing a bunch of ribs, so I'll... Ooh, nice. I'll do ribs. I'll what about butts? That's okay. what that is. Oh, this is? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm going to eat this for breakfast, just so you know. Okay. And if there's anything left over, Kelly might get one sandwich. You got to save some for Kate. No. Yep. No. <laughs> hey, let's Because she, she knows. <laughs> well, great. Why did you tell her? Huh? Well, you know. Anyway, Rodney Poff, he comes in here and brings food for the whole crew, which I guess is nice, but still. Uh, I'd rather have it for me. I take it home to my family so I don't have to buy lunch. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We do the Jonesboro Occasions Magazine event roster. Tell us what you have coming up in the next couple of days. You know you're the provider, right? You have to provide for the family. I do provide. I provide a lot. I provide most of my income to them. (laughs) Provide a lot of headache. Uh, See, starting Friday, uh, the 20th, the Young Professionals of the American Cancer Society will present their inaugural cruise for a cure event. The event will begin with a day of golf at Sage Meadows Country Club, followed by a night of food, entertainment, and casino games at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Jonesboro Red Wolf Convention Center. Man, that's, that's a mouthful. No, that's going to be a fun deal, though, it's right? It's going to be awesome. That's going to be the, – the the evening part will be from 7 to 11, Friday evening. No, we just did an event at the Embassy. When they when they decorate that ballroom, it's incredible. Oh, that's great. They do a great job. And And, like, we were there for one thing one night. And then two days later, we were there for charity ball. Yeah. And it was like, how did you guys get this? I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, we did Cinco de Mayo, you know, back on the 5th. And it was like I was looking around, like, how did they pull this off? 
Yeah, and that was a, you look at smiles on faces, man. When you have an event in the ballroom and they do the decorating, people oh, yeah. are happy. So that's, that's awesome. a cool event for YPAX. Uh, so visit uh, YPAX of NEA on Facebook for more information on that. All right, what else you got? Uh, I heard you guys had just had the folks on about Swan Lake, and this yeah. is just a reminder for that. The FOA will present Swan Lake Friday, May twentieth through Monday, the twenty third. At the Forum Theater in downtown Jonesboro, tickets may be purchased online or at the Forum box office. Call 935-2726 or go to foajonesboro.org. I did not get any part. You didn't? In Swan Lake. Well, I love the fact you're wearing the unitard uh, today. Well, it is a it is a ballet, right? Yeah, it, yeah mm-hmm. but they, I don't think they had tutus my size. Oh, that, that could be mm. part of the problem. <laughs> uh, let's see. Saturday, Saturday, uh, this Saturday, the 21st, St. Bernard's Healthcare will host its Doc Rock and Run from 9 to 11 a.m. at the St. Bernard's Auditorium. This event will benefit the St. Bernard's NICU and will feature the Run Baby Run 5K, NICU reunion, and a 10th anniversary celebration. Oh, there will wow. be games, activities, and a memorial flower planting station and more. For more information, visit St. Bernard's Healthcare on Facebook or call 207-7300. So unbelievable to me that the NICU's been here for 10 years. I mean, I remember walking through there when they were getting ready to open yeah. it. You were probably there that day yeah. when they were showing us those little tiny diapers and all that It's stuff. amazing. So we're lucky to have that facility in Northeast Arkansas. Yes, sir. Because before, you know, if, you, if your baby was born premature and there were some issues, you had to travel out of city. So. Yep. Anyway, you can find out more about the events and, of course, all of the features that they do in Occasions Magazine, Jonesboro Occasions. Uh, and Rodney Poff is here with us this morning, a little ray of sunshine. He's a bright little guy today. It's a big ray of sunshine. So there you go. And as Mr. Rodney Poff so eloquently puts it at the end of every Jonesboro Occasions event roster, Poff off. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. He's back with another Wet Nose Wednesday. Dr. Kevin Reed. What's up, man? Hey, good morning. Getting uh, getting started early, and I've got a short day today. I've got a little... Uh, routine medical procedure that I'm going to leave here in about an hour and a half for. Is it the reversal? The re- no, <laughs> that's next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, on a dog? No, no, no. no. Oh. It's his own medical oh. issue. Hey, uh, can I brag on you for a second publicly? Sure. I want to brag yeah. on you. Uh, you know, we've known Kevin. I've known Kevin for, I guess, the whole time I've done radio, 20 years or something like that. Uh, and I always tell people, hey, if they're new to town, veterinarian, it's Kevin Reed, vet care, there's no question. So we had some friends last week who had a little kitten. Um, and I, don't, I think I told you, Kelly, where a mm-hmm. dog got a hold of one of the little kittens and the kitten wasn't going to make it. Um, and I reached out to Kevin because, you know, the person, it's a neighbor of ours, had tried to reach out and people just weren't, you know, receptive to helping. And so I sent Kevin a text and uh, he said, oh, man, I'll do it right now. And I'm like, well, what does it cost if, you know, the, the kitten's not going to make it? And he said, I'll just help. I want to help. I hate for an animal to be like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my neighbor, Kevin, and you don't even know this, they have three dogs, multiple cats. And that one text, your response earned you and vet care all of their business. Oh, we'll be happy to accommodate and help them any way we can. But I think that's, you know, there comes a point where it's like, hey, you want to do the right thing. You want to do the decent thing. And you were like, hey, this isn't a deal where I'm going to try to to you know make money off of this i just want to help that mm-hmm. the kitten so but that was really sweet and i wanted people to hear that story 
No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad to help. So uh, we always turn to you and say, help us, teach us. We want to learn. Uh, I can be, you know, young grasshopper. So what can we learn from you today about our dogs and cats? You know, I don't think we've ever discussed this, but I saw a, a recent research article that made me think this is this needs to be talked about. And it's probably not the most common di- condition in dogs. And you could see it in cats, but mainly dogs. But it's, it's fairly rare. But I think I saw two cases last year. It's a pretty devastating condition. And it's called mega esophagus. And that's where the esophagus, which is the food tube from the back of the throat that goes through the chest alongside the trachea and, you know, enters into the stomach. It carries the, the food down, food and liquid down to the stomach. Well, in this condition, it dilates and gets very large inside the chest cavity. And it also loses its motility or its ability to move food into the stomach. And when that's decreased or absent, the food and liquid accumulate, and it just kind of sits there. And this esophagus could be huge. Hmm. And what happens is it, it it causes they regurgitate, and and regurgitation is not the same as vomiting. Regurgitation is a passive activity. It's just kind of uh, water and the food slosh around in the esophagus. With the help of a, the gravity, it's released back up. Where vomiting is an actual active event. You know, they they get nauseated. And then they start salivating, they heave, gag, and retch, and, you know, actually have abdominal muscle contractions. And regurgitation is just where a dog just kind of opens its mouth and, and the food comes back up, hasn't even made it to the stomach. It just looks about the same way it went in, yeah. other than being maybe moistened with water. Right. So what you see in these pets that have megaesophagus, it can be uh, congenital. I've seen young puppies with it, and as soon as they start eating solid food, they start regurgitating and uh, you know, those are pretty devastating because it's really hard to control that. The biggest issue is an aspiration pneumonia where they regurgitate and then they inhale. And so all this food and liquid goes into the lungs and, you know, it can cause a pretty severe uh, pneumonia. And then a lot of these animals have to be euthanized. You do see it. It's been shown to be hereditary, like in wire-haired fox terriers and schnauzers. Uh, other breeds that I've seen it in, German Shepherd. I, I saw a couple cases in a German Shepherd. Great Danes, Irish Setters, Greyhounds, Labrador Retrievers even. And uh, so, like I said, I see maybe two to three cases a year. But and the unfortunate thing until I saw this recent article was that there's really not any medication that helps that. So what you have to do is try to manage it, um, um, you know, environmentally and the way you're feeding your pet. And uh, sometimes that involves... Uh, either feeding them like meatballs of canned food where, you know, they're they're in an elevated position and there's actually a, a little device that you can build called a Bailey chair. And it, it looks like a high chair because basically you're putting the dog's rear end in this seat and then they're vertical. You know, they're, they're like they're sitting on their back legs up right. and then you feed them that way. You know, you keep them in there for 15 or 20 minutes, and what that does, it allows gravity to go down a straight shot down to the stomach. And and that will help in some of the n- non-severe cases. Some dogs have it worse than others. Um, you know, and sometimes we'll use like a blenderized, semi-soft gruel that may reduce regurgitation, but that carries an increased risk for aspiration into the lung. So um, anyway, there's really not, not a good long-term outlook for this, a lot of these dogs are very thin just because they know if they eat, they regurgitate and, uh, you know, they're hungry. But if they try to eat, it comes right back up. So they just get to the point where they don't eat as much. 
but this article caught my attention. It was just it was out of Washington State University. Um, this was just back in February of this year, and uh, there the the headline uh, the title of the article was Sildenafil promising as a treatment for a canine eating disorder. And as Kelly will tell you, Sildenafil is Viagra. Oh and no! The, um, <laughs> it's that's the generic name or the uh, drug name for Viagra. And uh, so they they treated these dogs with mega esophagus for it, with it, and they made a liquid, and then they you know administered it orally, and it went down, and uh, you know kind of coated the esophagus, went into the stomach, and it was shown to relax the smooth muscle of that lower esophagus, so it opens up to let food pass to the stomach. And there were really no major side effects, sometimes some rare gastrointestinal irritation. But uh, this is pretty promising that, you know, now it's the first time that there may be something that will help reduce regurgitation in these dogs, uh, you know, which in a lot of cases it's ultimately, you know, a fatal disease or they have to be euthanized. And it'll act on that lower esophageal sphincter for maybe 20 minutes to an hour and because and that's the thing we only want that open when when the dog is eating and uh we don't want anything to reflux back up from the stomach to the esophagus so you know this was just three months ago that this report was released so i'm sure there's a lot more uh research that's going into it 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 is also that drug is also used sometimes in dogs to uh, control hypertension high blood pressure uh i've got one patient that's on it um that has a conge- uh, left-sided heart failure and it's got uh, pulmonary hypertension. So, you know, you never know. Some of these drugs that are spe- specifically developed for one thing, all of a sudden, you know, find out that they have other uses that, you know, may help benefit our pets. So it was kind of exciting because, like I said, I always hate to diagnose that in a dog because I just can't give a good uh, long-term prognosis in them. Golly. And that's sad to know that that's something that can happen, especially in those breeds that you had mentioned. But that's the reason we turned to Dr. Kevin Reed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because he's the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. You can find out more about vet care at vet-care.com and on Facebook. When you search vet care, Jonesboro, Dr. Reed, we appreciate you and have a good week. Hey, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Danny Capalis from Jonesboro Parks and Recreation. Danny, what's up this morning, man? Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Good. Hey, we're all right. We saw you a couple weeks ago for the opening of the shooting sports complex, and I'm telling you, man, we had a great time out there taking a look at that facility. Right. It was nice having y'all out there. Did y'all get a chance to uh, to shoot any of the fun guns while you were there? <clears throat> Can I give a shout out to Chief Rick Elliott, who said, hey, come with me. And we went over. And Danny, I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to shoot a machine gun, a fully automatic police weapon. But I had the chance to do that. And uh, now my name is officially Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> it is so much fun. And I think that's a, a future great opportunity for, for a lot of our citizens down the road. Yeah. So that's a, it's a really neat deal. And it doesn't matter if you like archery or if you want to do, you know, the skeet shooting type stuff as well. Uh, there's all this different room out there at the shooting sports complex. And Danny, just I know that's not the reason that we're going to talk to you today, but yeah. when you look at the membership for that, the annual membership, I mean, it's next to nothing for the amount of times you can go out there and shoot. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking at an individual, it's like $100 for an annual membership, or if you want to get your family uh, membership, it's like $150. So really, it's it's very affordable for somebody to be able to go out and be able to enjoy pistol, rifle, archery, trap and skeet. Uh, all those, those things are going to be there. We're working uh, toward the summer doing a 3D archery and uh, also working with Game and Fish on potentially getting the pond out there uh, uh, where it's going to be very fishable. You know, it's weird, though. Joey Glob was telling me you haven't been a whole lot of help out there. I was telling him I thought you had Brandon been. Baxter. He is always trying to start fights within the community. No, I was telling no. Coke that you had been a lot of help, but Glob was out there talking trash. So. Glob was talking nope. trash. That, that project out there has been a, a basically an all-hands-on uh, from, from so many different departments. So I, I couldn't even go into naming any individual or any department to, to think but it has been really, really an all-hands-on, not just uh, city departments. There's the outside of, of, of the city unit. There's been, you know, City Water and Light has been a big help and just other people like that and all our sponsors. So it would be, it'd be really difficult just to start naming people. Uh, that has truly been a great community effort out there. So let's talk about the city pool because we were sitting outside. It was about 90 degrees, 92 degrees the other the other day. And we don't have a pool in our new house. We had one in the last house, don't have one in this one. And, uh, you know, we've looked at installing a pool and they're, they've like doubled in price. So I'm thinking the city pool might be my option this year. When does it open? Yeah, we're looking at opening uh, Memorial Weekend. Um, you know, the city pool itself is uh, located there on Nettleton. It was uh, uh, formerly known as the, uh, the old YMCA. Uh, you know, we a few years ago had purchased it, updated it. Uh, and, and currently, it is the one and only city pool that we have, and uh, you know we, we are proud of it. We are tr- uh, do our best to keep it maintained, keep it nice, um, and it, it will be open Memorial Weekend. There's great future for pools in Jonesboro. I think that there's uh, there's things that are going to be uh, right around the corner for everybody to enjoy. But awesome. this summer, that is the pool that that's there for us, and I think that uh, anybody that wants to have a chance to to get out and enjoy. Uh, a little bit of water play, that is that is the opportunity. Uh, but also with that, uh, we are looking for uh, lifeguards. You know, we've, we've got uh, quite a few hired, but we're still looking for those, those 16, 17, 18-year-olds that are, are looking for a, a good summer job to get through uh, until next school year. So if, if there's any out there, we're, we're looking for you. We've got training process to, to get you started. And what better job is it for a, a teenager during the summertime to step by the pool? No, I know you get your tan and you look all nice and stuff like that. I always wanted to be a lifeguard, but I was um, not really a good swimmer. So it wasn't like Baywatch, Brandon. No, but I wouldn't. When I go to those uh, water parks too, and you see them up there with the whistles and those boards, I always thought that looked kind of like a power position. I always wanted to have a power mm. position. You wanted that authority. I wanted authority. I've never had authority. Mm. Hey, I was out at uh, Craighead Forest the other day, and uh, we did. You know, we were walking the trails, and Kai has a go kart, so he wants to ride out there on the ATV stuff, and. Man, again, if, if somebody hasn't been out there in the last few years, you guys have done so much great work out there at the forest. Thank, thank you so much. And, and we are. We're, we're, we continue to take that asset. That is, we consider that the jewel of Jonesboro. Uh, 770 acres. It's a forest that's full of, of hiking trails, biking trails, uh, hard surface walking trail that's uh, true 5K with uh, workout equipment, uh, kayaking, canoeing. You go out there on a the weekend, and it's just packed. Uh, but it's also the location that had uh, really the first fully accessible playground. And, and it is well, probably the most popular playground in Jonesboro still. 
Uh, and that playground uh, surfacing was getting really tired. It was time to start uh, updating it. So uh, this year we were able to budget for taking that rubberized surfacing up, and we updated it to a uh, artificial turf surfacing. So now when you're out there playing on the playground, it's it's basically like having grass underneath the uh, the play equipment. So it's really updated. It's really cool looking, uh, and it's it's the first in Jonesboro to be that way. So. You know, opportunity to go out and enjoy that park, I think it is. Uh, it really does enhance what you uh, can do out at that playground. No, we pulled up to Rotary Park the other day. Kai likes to kind of start there, and we walk across the bridge, and we go look at the ducks and the fish and stuff like that. But the first thing we noticed was the new surface out there. So great job uh, for you guys out there to do that. Thank you. So Danny Capalis, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, as we get toward fall, there's all the different events. If people want to find out more about everything that Parks and Rec is a part of, where can they get the best information? Absolutely. Uh, you know, jonesboro.org is the best way to uh, to find that information. And, and this is, I think, a great opportunity to talk about our, our update in our reservation system. Uh, Jonesboro's uh, actually gotten to a point where you can go online and reserve uh, pavilions, rooms, and all sorts of uh, uh, facilities of that sort. So if you go to jonesboro.org, you'll be able to find a, a way to go in and view every facility that we have and be able to reserve it right there online without having to worry about trying to call somebody and get a hold of somebody at that point. Boom. Danny Capalis joins us this morning from the City of Jonesboro Parks and Recreation. Danny, have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Hey, thank y'all so much for having me. All right, see you, bud. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by Ryan O'Donnell, who is here with us this morning. Uh, We're going to be talking about a fundraiser that she and her dogs are doing for the Humane Society of Northeast Arkansas. Hey, Ryan, what's up? How are you this morning? I'm so good. How are you? Thank y'all so much for having me this morning. Hey, we realize that uh, you and the dogs have kind of become a viral sensation, right? Yes, we have. So I have two Great Danes, and actually Hank is the one that's the favorite of everyone. Um, He is a black and white Harlequin Great Dane, and everyone on TikTok seems to love him. Um, He went viral not too long ago. He got about 22 million views on one of his videos, and that's when it kind of blew up. So um, he's a... No one cares about me anymore. It's all about him. Wait, I, I want you to back up for just a second. You're telling me 22 million views? Yes. Um, all because he licks the window of the back door, and he loves to put other dogs' heads in his mouth. He um, <laughs> He's crazy. He's a little bit of a hot mess, but we love him for it, and I guess he's got a little fame from it now. Hey, is there any way that if I licked a window or something like that, I could get 22 million views? Could you help me with this? No, hey, could... I, I think you could. <laughs> no, Brandon, I want you to put your head in Hank's mouth. Oh, can I do that? Yes, we need a good picture of it. So Perfect. you can go viral with him. <laughs> See, because I'm trying to build up my TikTok. I think my most views so far is like a couple thousand. I'm nowhere near 22 million. So if I, if I risk my head in a dog's mouth, maybe it'll work. And if it's Hank, I mean. All right. Oh, yeah. Hank is a big deal. I definitely feel like he's the Kardashian of the dogs right now. Uh, (laughs) I always say I'm his momager like Kris Jenner. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. I got to ask you about this, though, because what about poor Hercules? Um, Hercules. So we had a rough start at the beginning because when I would post videos of Hercules, the other people would actually comment and they'd be like, we do not care about this dog. (gasps) We only care about Hank. Like, let's see Hank. But now he's slowly everyone is starting to love him. 
on the TikTok and the Instagram pages too. But at first he was struggling a little bit, but now we're he's getting in there. He, I think you know you think a puppy everyone would love that because he's only seven months old. But yeah. I mean. He was struggling at the beginning. It's character development. <laughs> it you is. just had to develop Hercules' character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hang well, on. we you... also just recently got a kitten, too. And I think Jeez. Hercules and the kitten's relationship have, oh like, blown up goodness. now. So, I think that they each have their own little personality on the TikTok. So, this vision, and again, we'll get back to the, the fundraiser here in a second, but I'm interested in kind of figuring out why you decided to launch a dog page. What was it that made you think, hey, I think I want to do this? Because, obviously, you had no idea it was going to go viral. Well, um, one day there was just this trend going around and it was actually with, um, uh, from Legally Blonde, there was a, it's a sound that was going viral and it was like, you're breaking up with me because I'm too blonde. And it's one of her lines from um, Legally Blonde. And so I put, you're breaking up with me because I'm too weird. And then I did the two videos of him and I, I kid you not, it just blew up and it was crazy. Like by that, the first night it had over a million views in 24 hours and now it has 22 million views. And I mean, I'm still getting likes and comments and Mm. people are tagging and, um, a company called the Dodo, they do a lot of, um, like dog videos and rescue dog videos and just funny clips. They actually reached out to me and they did a whole story on them. So they just keep blowing up from this one little video. And these are not little dogs. Like, obviously, you know, Hercules is still a puppy, but Hank is a monster. Oh, yeah. Hank is, he's 150 pounds. He's actually kind of small for a Great Dane. Great Danes are anywhere from like 150 to 200 pounds. And Hercules is massive. He's um, seven months old and he's 100 pounds already. So he's going to be huge. And he's actually taller than Hank now. So he's going to be our big one for sure. But, yeah, they are like horses running around the house. Can you bring them here one time so we can hang out with them? Yes. Um, yes. They would probably love it. They do not meet a stranger. They love everyone. Um, okay. So that's one of the things we want to talk about. Also, um, is there anybody there with you right now? Um, I'm by myself. Corbin just went to the car. He's actually, he wanted to listen. So it's just me. <laughs> okay. So I've known uh, Ryan's boyfriend for, I guess, since he was born, basically, right? Yes, yeah. He showed me a picture of you guys together and you holding him yes. as a baby. So you've known him forever. Yeah, so I want to reenact that. He's only, how, how oh tall is gosh, he right now? Brandon. He's 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six so five. he's pretty big. Played football. How much do you think he weighs? How big I don't know. Is I, don't, I don't want to say it's the wrong thing in the fin. <laughs> you think I could lift him? I've been working out. Oh, oh, oh no, gosh, no, I couldn't. He's, he's tall and he's pretty big. Oh, so, so you don't think I'm strong? Brandon. Oh, you, I mean, maybe you could. I don't know. Don't we'll see. badger our guests. <laughs> no, I want to hold him. Like, I want to reenact that picture from back in like 1999 or come something. to the studio. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. He needs to come and reenact it for you for sure. Because he has the one. He was actually just talking about your uh, point that you do. He was like, Hank and Hercules should have came up there and we could have got a yes. picture of him doing his like point that he does with everybody. Yeah. In all you your pictures that you do. <laughs> The last time I saw uh, Corbin, uh, we took a picture together, and I had him stand on his knees, and we were the same height. That is so funny. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's, he, the, he's the best dog dad. He really takes care of them for sure. So let's talk about uh, the fundraiser because again, these dogs go TikTok famous, and people are kind of freaking out about the dogs. And and all of a sudden, you have a platform you didn't even realize you were going to have, you know, like that. Nobody envisions going viral and twenty two million people oh, no. seeing something. So you want to turn the viral sensation into something good for the Humane Society of Northeast Arkansas? Tell us what you're doing. Yeah. 
Uh, we want to use our platform because obviously it's just crazy that it even happened. And I want to be able to help people, and especially because, you know, dogs, humane society. I just want to be able to use my platform and the dogs as much as I can to help raise awareness about the things that they need and, like, the money that they need to raise. And, I mean, they always are needing help. They always need volunteers. But anything that we can do and using their faces and their platform or our platform to just, you know, raise awareness about them is what our vision is with that. Um, we actually have shirts. Uh, we have shirts, cups, um, tumblers, all in that link. There's actually even notebooks if you wanted something small or like little coat bags. And they have the Great Dane pun. It says doing the Dane thing on it. And it's a picture of Hank and Hercules. It's really cute. It it's a good cute. little pun. And we're going to do the Dane thing and raise some money. So. <laughs> So there's still time for people to to kind of go in there and again order the merch and then they're helping the Humane Society. But they're, they're, like we're running out. We're like what a couple weeks left. Yes, we. Um, it ends on June first, um, and you can actually find it on the Humane Society Facebook page. But then Hank and Hercules also have their own Facebook and Instagram page. It's at Hank and Hercules. Okay. And then also we have a um, the TikTok page is at Ryan R Y A N N E and Hank. So. All of those pages, the Humane Society, our TikTok, the Instagram, and the Facebook all have the link pinned to the top. So you should be able to find it pretty easy. We'll share that stuff, too, so people can uh, t- can find it easier through our social media as well. But it's cool that you're doing that. Obviously, you know, the idea that you can go viral like that with, with your animals is pretty cool. And turning that into something, uh, you know, to help out the Humane Society is awesome as well. So that's great. Yeah, and the, all the proceeds go straight to them. So. Every penny that is raised goes straight to them. So, I mean, you get a cute shirt or you get a cute cup and you get the red tank and Hercules, but also raise money for a good cause. I was talking to Corbin's uncle, Randy Hales, and he was telling me that uh, he doesn't really like the dogs. Oh my! No, he loves the dogs. I'm gonna have to call him out about that. Listen, Brandon is always trying to stir mess no, between not. people. That's yes, what he you said. Are. He That's just said that. A, he just walked in here and said that a second ago. He doesn't even like Corbin no, anymore. He, he has a shirt, and it says Best Dog Uncle. We got it for him oh, for Christmas. Gosh. He loves them. Oh, he gets God. offended because we always take them to get boarded instead of letting him watch them. <laughs> well, nobody <laughs> would. He, yeah. he, tr- he truly does love them so much. He's a great uncle, great dog uncle for sure. He volunteered to watch my son one time. I'm like, do you think I'm insane? <laughs> he is crazy. I was on his podcast last night um, oh. that he does his show, and he was cracking me up. He's so fun. Yeah. So anyway, he was talking trash about you, but I won't tell you what he's Brandon. Saying. What? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Ryan O'Donnell joins us this morning again. Hank and Hercules—they're raising money for the Humane Society, and we'll share that on our socials as well. Uh, take care. Tell everybody we said hi, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay? Of course. Thank y'all so much. Thanks, Ryan. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, don't forget the podcast. It is the Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, and it's available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Lots of finales on tonight. So the finale of The Masked Singer, The Goldbergs, The Wonder Years, Beyond the Edge, the season finale of The Con- the Connors, and the season finale of A Million Little Things. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.